Leadership development exists because none of us are perfect, fully realized people. We all have room for growth in our lives and we need help along the way. Hi, and welcome to the Developing Imperfect Leaders podcast. Because the last... <laughs> last time Kayla checked, we're not Jesus. We are not. This project, she's going to laugh now and I'll continue. This project, this podcast is a project of the Leadership Development Institute at Hope Community Church intended to help you explore and grow your leadership skills for service both inside and outside the church. I'm your host, Paul Stiver, and I'm joined by my co-hosts and fellow LDI staff team members. We'll see if she can say hi. Kaylin Larson. Hello. All right. She's done laughing. And Natty Severson. <laughs> hi. All right. So let's get right into it with a little, uh, here's some fun facts. And I can go first, actually. I was singing a fun fact about me is I love action movies, especially the 90s era over-the-top scenes. Uh, so some of my favorite actors in those, uh, and I think I would have a, a dream of maybe being an action movie actor. Oh, I obviously big Vin Diesel fan. Love the Fast and the Furious movies. Um, the uh, what else? Oh, Mission Impossible. Tommy Cruise is oh, my guy. It's one, coming out. It's coming up. One of my buddies. Um, and then I would say, I'm, what's coming out? We oh, know, the new we know Mission who you're Impossible. Gonna say. Yeah. No, we know what you're going to say. At this. Oh, wait, as Nick Cage. Yeah, yeah. Nick yeah. Cage. So big, Big Nick Cage fan, love all his uh, his action films. Actually, so much so that our fantasy baseball team that I co-manage with my friend is called Nick Cage. That's just the name. <laughs> and we use photos of Nick Cage uh, for our logo. And so that's, a, yeah, I mean, we could... So it's National Treasure in action film? I count it. Like? I definitely okay. count oh, it. That's and one of my favorite movies. I actually use it in LDI quite a bit because of the glasses that he puts on mm-hmm. um, and, the, and that whole story. But big Nick Cage guy. Um, one of the best ones, The Rock, with uh, Sean Connery. A little uh, oh, I like that escape movie. film. Yeah, see? What movie is oh, right. It's literally called The Rock. It's oh, I thought you were talking about The Rock. Oh, I also do love The Rock. Yes. Yeah, so you're right. I do also love The Rock. He's yeah, funny, many. so I do like him. He's funny in most of his movies. Yeah, I don't like Arnold, uh, Jumanji. Stallone. Come on, all, you haven't I mean, watched the new Jumanji. You name it. They're funny. Jason Statham. All right, I can. I, I could honestly talk action movies all day, but let's hear a fun fact from someone else so this doesn't become an action movie podcast. Uh, this might be actually a similar tenor. I love fireworks. Um, I know it's not fireworks season when this airs, but I really do. Um, despite the fact that as a child, I was once hospitalized for an accident with fireworks yes. where one exploded in my face. Kaylin's excited I was already. using them with little to no supervision, uh, which was my first mistake. So cautionary tale here. So if you have your children listening, do not play with fireworks. Bad things happen. Um, but I got cinders on my cornea. They like, I didn't get my eyes closed and it went off early and it was bad. But having said that, I do love fireworks. Um, and I have a backup career of naming fireworks because the last time I, you know, really bought fireworks and lit them off um, was our kids were little and we bought them, you know, the Minnesota legal kind. And their names were like, purple triangle or green triangle or like, yeah, uh, yeah, it was green triangle and like, just like really, really uneventful names for like a controlled explosion that creates beauty. Come on, try harder fireworks namers. <laughs> and maybe like, maybe the fireworks industry has grown in their ability to like name, Got they've gone beyond like green triangle and like happy lights, you know, things like that. And they've got gotten into like, Awesome, spectacular, boom, boom, wah. Oh, is that one of you know, your yeah, original that's names? That's on my resume. Yeah. Uh, huh. I just made that up, but I'm putting it there. 
If you were to add fireworks to another holiday besides the fourth, what would it be? Oh, if if there, I would I would have fireworks at every holiday if it were remotely feasible. Uh, I do understand they create loud thing. noises and a lot of people's pets and some people struggle with the noise. So, you know, you can't do it too much. Otherwise, it might lose its luster, though. I think it would lose its luster. It'd give Kaylin something else to hate about holidays, <laughs> though, as we've established. So. I guess I would add it to New Year's. Yeah, that's that fits. I think a lot of cultures do yeah. Yeah. Uh, fireworks and New Year's. Yeah. It's just probably, you, especially here in Minnesota, Minnesota we don't go outside. Too it's too cold to watch fireworks this time of year. Mm-hmm. Uh, my fun fact is um, in uh, 2016, I decided it would be fun to um, run four marathons and four half marathons in one year. <laughs> Everyone listening is like, that doesn't sound like fun, but that's the choice Kaylin made. Oh, yeah. that's great. That's How many toenails cool. did you have left at the end of that year? Like three? I, three toenails. I know both my big toes were gone. Yeah. They're so. Gone. Hashtag oh, the nail. Okay. <laughs> Do we hashtag worth it? On I that mean, one? I had a lot of fun that year. Yeah. Were you running essentially Wait, the entire year? Wait, did the fun then? and the running overlap? Or like if we made a Venn diagram where it's like, I ran and then I also had fun. Oh, like, I mean, the, I burned so many running, calories I could eat a ton of ice cream. Brought the fun. Oh, yeah. No, that. The, yeah. The, I run so that I can like eat mm-hmm. more ice cream. That would be me. Yeah, I think yeah, that's the, be the majority of people. That's the, That's our model is, yeah. Run plus ice cream equals yeah. fun. Yeah. And now at this time, it's I run to prevent health, further health issues. But I can't run anymore either. See previous episode about knee injuries. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of updates about our health on these podcasts. Episodes, I also so. can't jump. It's really, I'm mm. a terrible jumper. My kids, in order to make themselves laugh. They ask you to jump? They ask me to jump. You should do a reel and I, on Jared says I land like a person dropping a cannonball. That's funny. And he's right. It sounds like a cannonball is hitting yeah. the floor. That's a great transition into the leading question. So today's leading question, again, another uh, question that we ask uh, about the topic that we're getting into. This week's topic is apology and forgiveness. And so here's the question, and Addie, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Is there a correct way to apologize? I mean, short answer, yeah, kind of. Um, the exact the exact words, probably not. Like there's no script out there, no A plus B equals C, and poof, somebody will forgive you. But I think the the one thing I thought of is really considering what the other person whom we've offended needs to hear in our apologies. And one of the tools we often use in our um, curriculum here at Hope is the five languages of apology. Um, and they 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 share five different types of apologies. And the first one is just simply expressing regret. And that means people just need to hear that I'm sorry. They need to hear those words, I'm sorry. Um, and they just want to hear that simple apology. They don't need a more complicated answer than that, just a simple apology. Then we have accepting responsibility. Some people need to hear, yeah, I did that. That was on me. I made that choice and that was not a good choice. Or I said that thing and that was not a good thing to say. People need to know that you have the responsibility. The, the next one, the third one is genuine, genuinely repenting. That's the idea that we're not just saying that we have regret, but we're adding to it a desire to t- like turn around, turn that 180 degrees around and find ways to make sure we're not harming that person or doing our best to not harm that person again in the same way. The next one is making restitution. And that means, okay, what do I need to do to make this better? Do I need to, you know, buy you a new lawnmower since I accidentally dropped yours off a 20 foot cliff? Hmm. Um, do I need to, um, you know, uh, what do you need to, 
what do you need in order for me to make this better? And finally, it's requesting forgiveness. Some people really need to hear um, you ask for forgiveness. Will you forgive me? Or can you accept my apology or anything like that? So again, expressing regret, genuine responsibility, genuinely repenting, making restitution and requesting forgiveness. And to highlight this, I would say, I see the difference in this. And this was a huge tool for me. I learned this, read this long ago, and it was really impactful in my marriage because my husband and I have two very different languages of apology. So my husband is in the expressing regret category. He just wants to hear somebody say they're sorry. And for him, that's enough. I just need to hear you say I'm sorry. And he says, the more words that people add to that, the more I think they're making up excuses. So when you, when you compare that then to my genuinely repenting, you get this idea that I need to hear, so say my husband apologizes, I need to hear him say, um, yeah, I'm sorry. And here's what I'm going to do to help so we don't get stuck in the same situation again. Here's what I'm going to do to stop myself from saying that. So I need more words. So as you can imagine in our marriage, when he would just look at me and go, I'm sorry, I would be like, that doesn't mean anything. People say they're sorry all the time. But when I look at him and I say, I'm sorry, and here's what I'm going to do, blah, 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 blah. He's thinking I'm just making excuses then. And I'm saying more words than I need to because I'm a verbose person. You know, so we just have to really um, be careful that we're thinking about the other person's needs. So when I'm apologizing, I simply say, I'm sorry to him. Sometimes I ask for forgiveness because I just can't leave it at that. Um, but I try to keep it simple because that's what he needs. How about that's, you? Yeah, that I is there a correct way to apologize? I actually went the opposite route and thought of wrong ways to apologize. So I made a list here of some wrong ways to apologize. Uh, the first one is uh, defensively gaslighting someone. <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> and so gaslighting would be kind of the idea of of making them believe they were in the wrong instead of you. And and I think we do that out of a place of defensiveness versus owning. So that'd be kind of the contrast would be. I was wrong. I led to this problem and, t- and taking ownership. Second one would, as, and this is uh, maybe the worst one. Uh, they're all pretty bad. So. Gaslighting's pretty bad. Gaslighting's pretty bad. This one's also bad, which is I'm sorry you felt that way. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry you felt that way. And the reason that's not a good one would be because you're making that person guilty of the thing. That kind of fits with the first one a little bit in that you're telling someone it's their problem. What would be the correct way of saying that? Like... My I'm words. Sorry I'm sorry. Made, my words. Yeah, made you feel that way. You're right. Because I think we do. We can feel bad for how someone felt, but but not necessarily be sorry. We said yeah. I, yeah. I could say I didn't. My intent wasn't to harm you. Right. But right. I noticed the impact. But I noticed the yeah. impact. Yeah. My intent yep. is different than the impact. Uh, the, a third wrong way to apologize to someone would be to just blatantly repeat the thing that you did wrong. <laughs> that's just like, I'm sorry. And I did it again immediately. And no now, granted, genuine repenting. Yeah, right. Ooh, There's, that's rough on me. Yeah. Uh, a fourth one is just half-hearted or quick. I think showing, uh, maybe showing that you didn't really put a lot of thought into what your actions did or how that happened. And it kind of then goes with the fifth, which is forgetting to say I'm sorry. I think it can be sometimes... You ever read like an apology that was uh, published online by a public figure and you're like, did they ever apologize in that? Or uh, similarly, um, they just explained why you shouldn't disagree with them. Yeah, yeah, right. And then I think so forgetting to say I'm sorry or maybe the second part of this, which is I'm sorry for blank. I think see, it's one thing to say I'm sorry, but it's another thing to actually say here's here's what I'm sorry for. And I think many people, again, if we're considering, like Natty said, our 
the person we're apologizing to and what they're needing. Uh, we want to own not only that we were the ones who who did the wrong, but also the impact it had and what it was that led to that impact. So, okay, what about you? Um, I, you guys kind of covered a lot of my thoughts. I, Natty said, yes, there is a correct way. And I said, no, I don't think there is a correct way because I think every individual is different um, in how they receive it. And so um, as you are learning people, whether that is close friends or a spouse, um, significant other, family member, whatever it might be, um, or whoever it might be, you will eventually learn the best way they receive an apology and can kind of you know, add that into your relationship with them. That's really good. Yeah. So moving to the quote of the week, this week's quote actually comes from a resource that is used in Natty's ministerial leadership class, a life-changing class, many have said. So Natty teaches this class, ministerial <laughs> leadership. It's a part of our program here. Part of We start with Ministry 101, and then there's Ministerial Realities, taught by Kaylin, Ministerial Character, taught by Pastor Drew Zilke, and then Ministerial Leadership, taught by Natty. And she uses in one of the classes this resource, which is called The Five Languages of Apology, by Gary Chapman and Jennifer Thomas. And I grabbed a quote from this. It says this, if apologizing were a way of life, no walls would be built. Relationships would be authentic. Certainly people would fail, but the failures would be dealt with in an open and honest manner. Regrets would be expressed. Responsibility would be accepted. Restitution would be made. Genuine repentance would be our intention. And we would stand humbly and say, I need somebody to forgive me. When apology becomes a way of life, relationships will remain healthy. People will find the acceptance, support, and encouragement they need. And, and just as we jump into this quote, many things stand out. But I was thinking about the question for, for us all. What makes apology as a way of life so difficult? And it, that's what they talk about here, that, that actually relationships will remain healthy when it is a way of life. But it made me immediately think, what makes it so difficult to, to live that out? And just some thoughts I had initially was, I think, fear um, of being afraid to take ownership over something and, and or being afraid to go to someone and say I was wrong, which obviously comes ultimately from sin. Uh, but yeah, the inability to take ownership over wrongdoing uh, out of fear of what, how someone might react, or I think even more so we feel at times what it might say about me, right? It's it's so hard to admit. I, just think about it. There was an old TV show where the guy couldn't even say the words, I was wrong. That was kind of the running gag because it's that hard to say his happy days. So maybe you'd know super any of the listeners that grew up long ago <laughs> know this one, but the, uh, <laughs> the Fonz couldn't say I was wrong. Uh, right. It's so hard to say I was wrong. Keep, we keep our cultural references super up to date here yep. in the pod. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but here's where I want to go with this. Where because our identity is in Christ. Now, if we're, if I'm okay in Jesus, if I'm really believing the gospel, then I realize that one of the things about coming to faith in Jesus is agreeing with God that I'm in the wrong, that I'm a sinner who needs a savior. And then that posture of, of gospelness frees us up to say, I'm sorry, to, to admit to others we were wrong. It did not have our identity crumbled uh, by admitting that wrongdoing. Um, yeah, so I'd love to hear what you guys think about that. I think pride is can is what can get in the way of um, apologizing to someone. Uh, I think people, myself definitely included, uh, we find it hard to admit to 
find it hard to admit that when we're wrong or that we did something wrong or when we hurt someone. Uh, and we often just want to justify uh, why we made the decision or why we said what we said. And so then saying, I'm sorry, can just be hard because we're like, well, but this is why I did that or this is why I said that. Um, right now in my house, we have a two-year-old who uh, loves Daniel Tiger. And so we are watching it a lot and we're even listening to it on Spotify. Um, so one of the songs that he sings is, um, it goes, it, it, the words, I'm not going to sing it. Uh, it says, <laughs> say, well, I have to sing it now because it's the only tune Here I Here we know. go, Daniel Tiger. <laughs> saying I'm sorry is the first step. Then how can I help? And if we were to follow the lyrics of this, um, it is truly is showing humility because uh, in that moment, um, they are saying, I am admitting that I did something wrong. And now what can I do to make it right? Um, and so that's kind of what I was thinking about. Of, Yeah. All right. Yeah. You know, I, I, I read this quote and I thought, man. So it says, what jumps out to you? Uh, our, our initial question that Paul asked us to consider was, what jumps out to you about this quote? And I think these are some really big grand ideas, right? We've got regrets would be expressed, responsibility would be accepted, restitution would be made. Um, and then you've got, we would, our relationships would remain healthy. We'd, we'd find acceptance, support, encouragement. And while I think apologies are great, I think apologies alone can never deliver on the results. This quote in isolation mm -hmm. promises. Right. So this is plucked out of a, a context, you right. know, so um, I can't quite recall the the remaining context, but it doesn't just happen because we apologize, right? Um, mm -hmm. This is only possible with the gospel. So I would love to see, you know, like if I was going to, if I was going to fire off this quote in isolation again, so, you know, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to the authors here. I would change the word apologizing to something like if apologizing were a way of life to if the gospel were a way of life. And then mm. later, when when the gospel becomes a way of life, relationships remain healthy. People will find the acceptance and support they need. You know, it, people would still fail, but the failures will be dealt with in an open and honest manner, right? Mm -hmm. When we make the gospel a way of life. And apologizing is a result of that because sin entered the world. We're going to keep sinning. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to keep needing to apologize. And, and we can only apologize with that with, with the gospel in mind. And it happens because we understand how much Christ did for us mm -hmm. and we know we're forgiven. And then when we do inevitably screw up, we can admit it, we can own it and we can own the impact we've made on other people's lives or other situations because Christ is big enough to cover that. Right. And we often think of the gospel as covering our sins from the past, but we can sometimes rely on, you know, like, you know, my, I'm saved by faith, but I'm sanctified by works. And we just have to remember, I don't, somebody said that, that's not a Natty original. Um, we have to remember that we're also sanctified by faith, right? Mm -hmm. It's belief mm -hmm. in the gospel that gets us there. So, you know, it doesn't matter, um, you know, if we apologize, if, if the gospel's not, not behind, it does matter. I mean, I guess I'm making, now who's making the blanket statements? Oh, sweeping declarations. Sleeping, sweeping, why can't I say that? I said sleeping decorations. Oh, whatever. Uh, yeah. So. That's that. <laughs> yeah, totally agree. I think that, um, it, like you said, that we can't be, we aren't great forgivers until we've really encountered the forgiveness of Christ to us. Uh, and then in the same way, we can't ask for forgiveness 
and unless we're encountering that forgiveness of Christ to us, right? We've received forgiveness and now it actually frees us up to request it from others. And that's such an important part of the gospel and is that forgiveness piece. And that's apologies opening the way for that. It's moving toward people instead of moving away in, in like Keelan, like you said, in, in self-defense or in justification of your actions. So let's, let's take this and move it toward a practical discussion. So again, the goal of this podcast is to help imperfect leaders to grow. And so from a practical standpoint, what are some things that we can do to become better apologizers? What do you think, Kay? Uh, the first thing I thought of was practice, uh, because I think apologizing just in human nature, um, it is tough and it can just feel very unnatural. Um, and so the more reps that you have, because you will have reps because you are human and you will uh, hurt people, um, the easier it will become to offer an apology and not out of, not just to apologize, but out of like genuineness. It's funny that when we were talking about this before we started recording, we were talking about how Kaylin had one thing and then Paul and I, of course, both made lists. And so I'll go first because Paul's list is one item longer than mine. And we'll see if we can kind of combine to see if we can really tick off uh, off Paul's list there. So Kaylin actually got my number two, which was practice. I put that as number two. It literally says practice, just like anything else. But seriously, we we need to be thoughtful and reflective. So even know when we need to apologize, right? Um, if we don't slow down and reflect, we won't feel the need to to apologize, right? Because we haven't really been thoughtful about it. Mm -hmm. So we need to practice. We need to practice not only the art of apology, but being thoughtful about when we need to apologize. Mm -hmm. Um, The first thing I wrote was embrace the message of the gospel. And I said that just a minute ago, find our worth in that. And rather than our success or reputation and apologizing, apologizing will become much easier. And then my third thing was, um, when someone comes to us, don't blame, deny, and defend. You know that you've heard mm-hmm. that. That's our kind of our human or sinful or carnal, whatever word you want to put in front of that. Nature is to blame, deny, or defend, right? You said gaslighting. Oh, oof, mm-hmm. it's in there, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to either deny that I did it and make you think you're that, or I'm going to defend why I did it and make you kind of feel wrong. It's just there's something in us that, well, it's called sin. That sin in us wants to bubble up and wants to either blame, deny, or defend. So really, like, when someone comes to you and you've been hurt, you need to, or and they've been hurt, we need to really check ourselves and ask, am I about to blame, deny, or defend, or gaslight, And mm-hmm. as Paul said? So those are my three. How'd we do? That's great. You guys are, you got all of mine except one. Oh, yes. Well, two. I'm going to uh, just kind of circle back to, uh, so we talked about the apology languages, but it can be really helpful to circle back with someone after a moment where apologies had to happen uh, and like the heat of the moment has passed to say, how did you hear that? Is that how you like to be apologized to? And kind of actually have, it almost feels like a weird conversation, but it's so helpful. And then lastly, I would just add for just personal benefit, I have been really blessed by the second half of Romans chapter 12 on this area. There's just a lot of verses in there about uh, living peaceably with all so far as it depends on you. And other things about apology and ownership. And, and they're all rooted, again, as, as we've said, in our okayness in Jesus, the forgiveness we've received. So, love, yeah, check that out. Romans 12 is really helpful on this. 
Um, so last thing, then one takeaway is an imperfect leader, which we all are, as we, I think, get to the bottom of every episode. If you just listen to the intro again, you'll see some imperfect leaders. Yeah, so, yes, yes, yes. Uh, what is one thing you are taking away from this conversation? I think for me, it is uh, the importance of ownership in, in apology. I think uh, no matter what your apology language is, it's important to, as the person apologizing, to own the wrong you've done. And beyond that, that even because like sometimes, right, we might commit, do something and we say, that wasn't my intent, though, for you to be impacted that way. But it, you were impacted that way. And, and to own even that side of things and say, OK, even though I'm, I'm OK in Jesus, and even though my intent wasn't to say things that hurt you and I didn't even might not even feel like that was hurtful, it, it was to you. And you were impacted in a way that was hurtful. And I want to own that. I mean, you think about the health that brings to relationships when you can do that kind of ownership. Even if you're maybe 1% of the conflict and you own it like that, um, that really can be a game changer for relationship health. Well, for me, I I remember practice. Kaylin and I both said practice. Um, and so <laughs> I'm going to practice my language of apology. As, as you know, um, there's four people in this room, or you might not know that it's us three who are talking. And then our, our awesome sound man, Austin Siegel over in the corner, um, who sits here painstakingly listening to each and every episode, jotting down times where we need to make cuts or maybe somebody says something weird or makes a weird noise into a mic. Um, and I would like to apologize for drinking a LaCroix during this <laughs> podcast. I'm a new podcaster, so I'm learning that drinking fizzy water no during bueno. a podcast is a really bad idea. So I'm going to apologize because I understand the impact now of drinking fizzy things during a podcast. So that's my one takeaway. Don't don't drink LaCroix while podcasting. For me, I think um, just apologies come in light of the gospel. And so if we recognize the um, the depth that we have been forgiven, um, and what Christ has done for us. Um, I think that will fuel our desire to, uh, apologize to others as well as, um, be gracious when others offend us. Well, that wraps up our conversation for today, but we want to keep connecting with you. So thank you for listening to the podcast. And if you like what you heard, be sure to follow our show and leave a review. We love connecting with our listeners, so if you have questions, comments, or topic ideas, please email us, ldi at hopecc.com. LDI is a ministry of Hope Community Church based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. We seek to develop leaders in their biblical thinking, Christ-like character, and ministry skills for service both inside and outside the church. We do this through internships, classes, seminars, and retreats. If you're interested in learning more about our internships or other opportunities, visit ldi.hopecc.com or email ldi.hopecc.com. Have a great week.